Hello. Yo, what's up, Coach? What the hell's going on, man? There's a villain all over the news, man. Is Antonio all right? He didn't behave like this before he started getting this money. There's something wrong with AB. Antonio Brown has been an absolute embarrassment. You're not a villain. You're just, you're the most misunderstood fucking human being in my entire life. I mean, I brought you here because you're my favorite guy. I've never seen the guy work hard. It's a question of me being a writer. Like, you guys want me to be a writer. Please stop this shit and just play football. How hard is it, man? You're a great football player. Just play football. Yeah, but I'm, just, yeah. I'm more than a football player, man. I'm a real person. It ain't about the football. I know how to do that. I'll show you guys down the daily. This is my life. Ain't no more game. You're listening to the Even the Odds Podcast. With your hosts, Tub and Jimbo. And welcome back to the Even the Odds show, everybody. I am Tub. And I'm Jim. And this week on Even the Odds, we're going to go over the week one action. We're going to make our picks at the end of the episode. And we also have a special interview with Coach Gruden. But first off, we got to start with Antonio Brown, right? I mean, what better place to start than with Antonio Brown, man? Oh, man. Uh, This was... One of the craziest things I've ever seen. I mean, we started off with the saga with the Steelers, uh, the feuds with Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin, and Juju Smith-Schuster. We got the trade back in March where we thought everything was fine and he was going to start a new era with Coach Gruden. Um, Then we had the frozen feet, the helmet that he wasn't too fond of, and... (laughs) The news from this week, uh, the Mayock <laughs> altercations, as we'll say. Ooh, baby. He was he was looking to play his favorite game out there, Mike Mayock Punch-Out, and then he got interrupted by Vontez Perfect. And, of course, I'm speaking of the incident where he allegedly threatened to punch GM Mike Mayock. And then we had the video on Saturday. Oh, boy. Oh, man. This was, this was a gem. This was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. As you heard at the beginning of our episode... Antonio Brown decided what was the best thing to do after all this turmoil, after punting a football and asking him to be fined, after threatening to punch his GM in the face, and after all of this drama with the Raiders, he decided to post a YouTube video with a recorded phone call of Coach Gruden. And this was spectacular. This might have been the greatest thing that came out this whole week. What were your thoughts on that video? Well, my thoughts are definitely that he was uh, he was just trying to be a Raider since day one, man. That's what I got out of the video. I think uh, Antonio Brown is the most fucking misunderstood player in the NFL. <laughs> Seeing all that and hearing all that in that video and having it uh, having the narrative flipped to like the way the the athlete saying all those things and putting it as a YouTube video and having it be just this like I've done nothing wrong. I was here to be a Raider since day one. 
Yeah, I'm normally always on the side of the athlete. I'm, I'm, you can pretty much bet on me taking the player's side in most cases because I do think in pro sports it is kind of rigged in the favor of ownership and the team and the whole idea of fans are always going to support a team rather than a player. So the players are always kind of at a disadvantage. However, I do think Antonio Brown has to take some blame here. There's no way that you can say that he was a victim because I think he kind of earned what he got. And it makes you wonder, was this the plan all along? Do you think that possibly he never wanted to be a Raider and that this was possibly just a big ruse to get the intended result as we all saw with him signing with the New England Patriots this weekend? I mean, if I put myself in his shoes, his frozen shoes. Okay. If I put myself in his shoes, I really do think that he, at the end of the day, he got what he wanted. Who wouldn't want that? You First of all, you don't even have to take a snap as an Oakland Raider. He got to go enjoy the weather for a few months, whatever, uh, walk out on some practices, and now he's Tom Brady's guy now. Yeah, I think given the circumstances, I think pretty much any receiver in the NFL would rather be catching passes from Tom Brady than Derek Carr. And I think any player in the NFL would rather be competing for Super Bowls than uh, showing up on John Gruden's reality TV shows. And, yeah, I mean, he's just another addition to an already pretty phenomenal wideout core in New England. I think they have the 2014 AFC Pro Bowl wide receiving core now. <laughs> I mean, Demer- you, you look at it, they got Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, and now Antonio Brown. I mean, that's just uh, a ridiculous uh, – Almost embarrassing wealth of riches there at Whiteout. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be like a bunch of hungry dogs feeding after the same bowl. Yeah, and, and one almost makes you think, like, how happy is Brown going to be with this? Because we saw this with the Steelers. He wasn't really too thrilled with the emergence of, of Juju last year. No, he wasn't. And you would think if, if anybody would like that, I mean, someone who openly complained in the press about hating being double teamed, you would think he'd want to be on a team where – there was other options out there, and it made him less of the target. Right. So this is going to be really interesting. It, it almost it's strikingly similar to when the Patriots picked up Randy Moss for little to nothing from, of course, the Raiders. Right. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this works out. I mean, if they can convince Antonio Brown to come in and play team ball and not be a distraction and do what the Patriots seemingly always do with these guys and turn him into the guy that we all know that he can be, and he goes out there and plays ball and does everything it takes to win, the Pats stole one again. Yeah, and let's not forget that he's right now just a rent-a-player for them. Yeah, I mean, one he is, year. He's a, it is kind of a prove-it deal. I mean, I mean, $15 million is nothing to laugh at, and I think almost it might be a little bit better than what he got from the Raiders initially. Oh, but, yeah, and I mean, if they chase that ring, too. The moment he gets to add that to his profile, if they do win one, I mean, all of a sudden he goes from being this controversial figure. He always will be, probably, especially if he does play for New England and then move on. But he can leverage that to his advantage easily. And there's a plenty of teams that won't really give a shit of his off-the-field antics if he can come in and play ball for the Patriots. And let's face it, they might think he's expendable. They might just want him for this one season. 
I mean, you never know. You, you never know what the Pats are going to do. Yeah, I can't. And you start never to know how think that's going to work out. I no. mean, Josh Gordon is another one of those guys. I mean, we all kind of expected him to kind of take a leap, provided that he plays all the games for them this year. And now we kind of got to question how that's going to go for him. I mean, it seems like there's a a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. And I think you're right. It is going to be like a hungry, hungry hippos kind of a thing. They're all going to be mm-hmm. jumping out there trying to get as many of the targets as possible. And I'm not sure you can feed everybody there. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But if anybody can figure out how to do that, I mean, it's it's Bill Belichick. Yeah. He's going to be the guy. And I, I think provided everybody buys in, I mean, you're looking at another season where New England is the obvious team to go out there and go win another Lombardi. Now it's going to be up to some of these other teams. We're mm-hmm. going to need to see the Chiefs step up. We're going to need to see the Saints step up. Is that possible? I mean, who knows? We'll have to see how things go, but I think things seem to be pretty well set for New England right now. Yeah, they're stacked. They're definitely stacked. And, like, the crazy thing is, too, is that they don't have Gronk anymore. And so not having Gronk for now, we'll see how this all well, plays yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, you've seen those rumblings that he – he keeps dropping these weird hints where he says he's never been in better shape and it would only take him a month to come back. I mean, it doesn't sound like a guy who's retired to me. It sounds no. like a guy who's Taking either fishing for attention, trolling, or he may seriously miss football. He may want to make this happen again. Who knows? Either way, I would hate to see that, as would the majority of the league at this point. I mean, I think we all kind of have a little bit of Patriots fatigue, unless you're one of the lucky few to get to be a fan of them. I mean, at this point, it's kind of been said and done, but they're never going to go away. And I think that's really what it's all going to come down to is if Brown is able to come in there with no attitude and kind of assimilate to the team and be able to do it, oh, I hate this phrase, but the Patriot way. If he's able to do that, we're looking at another season where we're going to have to hear all about Tom Brady and the Patriots. So I hope you guys are looking forward to that because you know I am. Yeah, get ready, folks. It's coming. All right, folks, on the line, we have a special guest. He is the coach of the Oakland Raiders. He is one, John Gruden. Hey, Hey, Coach, how you doing? Thanks for having me, Jimbo. Uh, So, Coach, I I got a few questions for you here. Uh, You had a pretty wild weekend here with the whole Antonio Brown saga. Uh, My first question for you here. So you stated in the video that Antonio Brown wasn't a villain. Do you still feel the same way? Yeah, of course. I mean, he's not like a normal villain. I'd just say he's the most misunderstood motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, we, we kind of got that already. That was kind of in the call. Yeah, but you know there's a difference between a guy like Antonio Brown and then somebody like Thanos because Thanos can come in and, boom, snap his fingers and make Antonio Brown disappear forever. Oh, okay, so Mayox Thanos. I gotcha. Uh, so... You sound like you're looking for real villains on the Raiders here. I mean, do you have any ideas of who you throw out there then if you can't have Antonio Brown? I'm always scouting talent, man, and I'll tell you what. When I see a guy that's villainous, I just want him on my team. And the, one of the first guys that came to mind, Darth Vader, man. Star Wars. Yeah, you know he's not real, right? Yeah, I know that, but, you know, he looks like he was meant to be a Raider, man. I tell you, it gives me chills just thinking about all that Force stuff. Wow. Yeah, he probably probably likes to choke people just like you guys like to choke uh so i guess i kind of got another question for you here i'm a little interested in what you would make of the theory 
that Brown intentionally tried to get released from the Raiders in order to facilitate a signing with the rival Patriots. And what we do now that Brown's no longer on the team. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Hindsight is 50-50. And you know what that means? That means you can take half of that question and stick it up your ass. Okay. He's gone, but so what? We're going to play hard. We're going to stick our noses in the dirt. He's not a Gruden grinder anymore. That's all I can really say about it. We're going to we're the Oakland Raiders, and we're going to play Oakland Raider football up until we move to Las Vegas, and then it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders football. Yeah, I, that kind of makes sense, Coach. But um, well, you got any more stupid questions? I, I got, I guess, one more for you. Why now? We saw the helmet debacle. We saw the issue of him freezing his feet in the cryo chamber. We saw him call Mayock a cracker. We saw him then threaten to punch Mayock. And we also saw the instance of where he grabbed the football, punted it, and then stated, find me for that. Why was the YouTube video the last draw after all of those events? And I said it in the video, I'll say it again. He's my favorite guy, man, my favorite player. I needed him in Oakland. And unlike some people in that video, I didn't lie. I tell it like it is. I tell it like I see it, and he's a fantastic talent when he isn't freezing his feet and trying to take my punter's job away from him. Because I'll fight you for my special teams, guys. I mean, hell, Antonio Brown's foot was uh, colder than my Coronas at Hooters, man, and I put that on ice all the time. That was wild stuff. All right, Coach. Well, I guess that's all I really have for you here. I mean, best of luck in the future, but things don't seem to be going good for you right now. Hey, thank you. I'll take all the luck I can get. I got to run, though, because I got a table waiting for me at Hooters. I got Coronas on ice, man. Hurry it up. All right, Coach. Well, well, thanks for joining us, and... Good luck the rest of the way. Uh, that was Coach uh, John Gruden from the Oakland Raiders, or Las Vegas Raiders, as he's planning on next year. Yeah, pretty we'll, impressive. We'll, we'll see if he's even around to be uh, the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Hopefully year. he's around long enough to where we can keep getting him on the show, though, because these are awesome. Yeah, I, I can't believe we're able to get him on here. Pretty I mean, big get. You would think he'd be pretty busy, you know, doing, I don't know, football stuff, but maybe that's why the Raiders are so unique and interesting right now. Definitely. he takes the time to... You know, support little podcasts like even the ads. Uh, you know, there's 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 got to be hindsight, fifty fifty, all that stuff. But uh, we would have loved to have have him here. You know, I'm not going to keep rehashing this. I would have loved to have coached him, loved to have had him, here, but he's not here. And you know, somebody's got to step up. Hello, everyone. I'd like to take some time to introduce the first annual even the odds pick'em contest. This contest is going to be pretty interesting, and there's going to be a few guidelines that I'd like to lay out here that will kind of go over the rules of the contest. What we're going to do is we would need 25 people to take some time to rate the podcast on Apple, like us on social media, share us to your friends out on your social media of choice, and join our Pick'em League. If 25 people did that, we would be offering a $25 gift card to the winner of the first annual Pick'em League. Now... If you were to also take those stipulations and apply those to 50 and 100 people, we would match the total of the people in the league. So if there was a 50-person league, we would offer a $50 gift card. If there was 100 people that followed those guidelines from before, we would offer a $100 gift card. Spread the word. Win some money. Settle some scores. Even the odds. And if you'd like to know more about the official rules with the contest, check out the description of this episode. And good luck, you bastards.
All right, guys, we're at the picking portion of the episode here. Uh, we're going to go through and we're going to go over week two here. Go ahead with the first game, Tub. In the first game, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Carolina Panthers. And we have the Buccaneers getting six and a half points in the matchup. Hey, did you watch the Carolina Rams game last week? Yeah. That game was actually pretty it solid. Was. I mean, it was pretty back and forth. Um, the Rams kind of prevailed, like, just doing kind of their – they kind of held on to their win. Yeah, yeah. Like, they let... They did just enough. Yep. They kind of just did just enough out there. And it was kind of interesting, though. I mean, the Panthers lost the game, but Cam definitely won the fashion war after the game. Did you see that oh, fucking outfit? Yeah. Dude, he has the best outfits after the games. Yeah, honestly, like, at this point, it's more interesting to see what he wears after the game than what he does during the game. We'll have to uh, throw that one out there on our social media. And check us out at Even the Odd Show, of course. Yeah, of course. And we'll have that out on all our pages out there. But uh, this seems like a typical Thursday night football game, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I mean, uh, it's, it's just... going to be one of those. I'm going to check it on Friday to see if my guys <laughs> in fantasy did anything. And they probably won't because this does not seem like that enticing of a game. But at the same time, I also did watch the Bucks last week. Yeah. That was a train wreck against the 49ers. I do not think that they're going to be able to keep up with the Panthers. I think uh, Cam's going to go out there and roll them. He's going to have a vintage cam game, looking for maybe like, you know, 300 yards passing, a uh, couple th- couple touchdowns through the air, maybe one on the ground. They're going to demoralize him. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to get a lot more out of their wide receivers too this week. And I don't think they're going to have to rely so much on Christian McCaffrey to be the guy that needs to do all the heavy lifting like he has been. He was great last week. I think he's going to be good this week too. But, yeah, no, I just think they're going to demoralize the Buccaneers. Yeah, me too. So I guess uh, we're going to have to go and – See what the coin has to say yeah, about this. Let's see one. what that old bastard, the coin, has to say about the game. And it looks like the coin's going to go with the Panthers, too. So we got another unanimous pick. Um, you know, that didn't go that well last week. I mean, look what happened with the Browns. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little more hopeful. I think this is going to be a little more of a uh, kind of predictable game. I think we're going to see a typical Thursday night snooze fest. Yep. I agree. And next game, we have the Buffalo Bills at the New York Giants, with the Giants getting two and a half points. Yeah, they're going to need a lot more than that. Can yeah, they get they two are. and a half cornerbacks? <laughs> I think that might be more helpful. Dak destroyed them last week. That game did not go how I thought it was going to go at all. I thought we were going to see a steady diet of Zeke, but instead we saw a lot of Amari Cooper yeah, and they, Michael Gallup. Yeah, he tore it up. Yeah, I and mean, that was kind of interesting. I mean, all those guys in those deep fantasy leagues so, – Took a flyer on him. We're feeling pretty good this year. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about the Giants. They just seem like another also-ran team. Uh, it's kind of funny that uh, every year we're always looking to try to place the blame on Eli. That's why this team isn't any yep. good. But who else is there? They got Saquon Barkley. That is it. Yeah. They they have a load of garbage on the offensive line, and that defense couldn't stop anybody right no. now. So, I don't know. But then let's get to the other team in this matchup. The Buffalo Bills. Oh, man. I told you that game was going to be exciting. Yeah, you were right. Maybe it wasn't as high-flying as I thought it was going to be. But at the same time, I mean, the Bills came to play. Uh, They were down for the majority of that game. I mean, they really showed some some heart and some grit out there to to gut that one out there and uh, take that victory. I really think they're going to come out there and they're going to, you know, keep that role going on. They're going to get uh, some good momentum off against the Giants. They're going to be able to put up some points. And I think we're going to see the 2-0 Buffalo Bills. Isn't that crazy? 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I'm picking the Bills as well. I just don't see the Giants beating the Bills. I think that the Bills last week, they kind of had that set up a game against the Jets. They set them up, they knocked them down, and now it's onto the G-men. I think they're going to do the same thing. Yeah, I think the NFL is all about momentum, and I think they clearly built some off of that uh, spectacular week one win. So yep. let's go ahead and see what the coin has to say for this one. Let's do it. Looks like the coin is uh, sticking with the Bills as well. Ooh. Uh, so we got another, uh, another trifecta three-way here. Looks tie. like a three-way pick for the coin. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to the next game here. What do you got? We have the San Francisco 49ers versus the Cincinnati Bengals, with the Bengals giving up one and a half points to the Niners. Oh, okay. That that seems fair. Uh, I think we both have to say something. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I, we have to apologize to Cincinnati fans for sure. They yeah. showed up last week, and I thought for a while they were actually going to beat the Seahawks. Yeah, honestly, it looked like they had the edge on them for a while. They were getting to Wilson, and they were making some things yep. happen on offense. Dalton looked pretty damn Red good. Red Rocket was firing in all cylinders, man. Yeah, they had something going. Honestly, John Ross looks like a stud, too. He yeah. had a really great game. Um, he was explosive. Yeah, I, I got to say, like we were wrong. And, uh, you know, this is something I, I think we all need to get out there. Unlike some other personalities and shows that you may see out there in the world, we're willing to admit when we're wrong, and we're going to take the blame on this one. Cincinnati isn't as bad as we thought. We definitely called Miami, though. But yeah. Cincinnati isn't that bad. So I'm going to have to go ahead and get that out there. We apologize to you Bengals fans. Um, although they did look pretty good against Seattle. Yeah. Let's take a second and pivot, and let's talk about how well the Niners did in their game against the Bucks. They were kind of firing on all cylinders out there. Yeah, I mean, they weren't like – they weren't. It didn't look pretty, what they did, but they got the job done. Yeah, they definitely came in there with a game plan and yep. and decided like, here's how we're gonna go about. And I mean, Richard Sherman them. showed up for the first time, and it feels like a couple years. He had a really nice interception. Uh, the defense was looking pretty stout. The offense did enough. The running backs were looking pretty decent too. And I think, I don't know, this is a tough matchup to call. But I think, for me, I don't know. I got to go with the 49ers in this one. Ooh, okay. Just to be a little I, different, go against the grain. Because I, I strongly disagree with you. That's okay. I think you're I, wrong on this one, but <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with the Bengals here. They they really proved something to me last week. They look like a team with some heart and look like a team that actually has something to play for, which is uh, what you want to see from a team in week two. Uh, which yeah. there's some other teams that we're going to get to that. You can definitely I mean, not have that same feeling. They about, look so. like they had heart last week, but are they going to look like they have fart this week? We'll see. If they stink up the joint, well, you'll hear about it next week on Evening Odds. Well, let's see what the coin has to say. Looks like the coin's going with the Bengals here. Uh, they, they All right, then. Fuck you, coin. Yeah, they don't feel bad about giving away those points. Uh, I, I really think this is going to be a close game yeah, either I mean, way. So. It was 50-50. Yeah, as it generally is. Right. Go ahead with the next one. We have the Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Redskins with the Redskins getting five and a half points. I think that's kind of an interesting line if you kind of weigh kind of what happened last yeah. week. Uh, the Cowboys came out and they took care of business. Yeah. Like they took no prisoners against the Giants. They kicked the G-men right in the dick. Yeah. They, there's no other way around that. They kind of did whatever they wanted. They didn't. They were kind of toying with them in that game. Yeah. On the other hand, you got the Redskins. I thought they played a pretty tight game with the Eagles. I mean, they were yeah, kind of in that. Well, I think uh, I thought for a while they were going to win. I don't know why. I mean, just watching it, it was like uh, the Case Keenum they're getting now was like the Case Keenum everyone thought they were getting before. 
and I think that helped out a lot. But I think it's also one of those things where they had super low expectations when Alex Smith got hurt. And then, I mean, who knows? They did way better, kind of like the Cincinnati Bengals last week. They did way better than I thought they were going to. I think uh, the theme of last week where the underdogs really came out and they kind of proved their stuff. Yeah. They kind of showed that they were worthwhile opponents. And and that's kind of what makes this week so interesting. As you'll see later, there's a bunch of crazy lines. And, oh, yeah. And that's going to be really hard to predict stuff. And I think this one's kind of right on the money because I really think Washington's going to come to play. Yeah, I agree. But I think at the end of the day, the boys are going to get it done. I, they really have to. I would say, though, in the past, typically this is a Cowboys vintage uh, trap game. Yeah. This Washington, is where, yes. This is where they would come out and maybe be a little flat, kind of um, overconfident, make, make some early mistakes that end up costly in the long run. So. We'll really have to see. If they really think that they're the championship contender, they looked like they were in week one, then they're going to have to prove it. they got to beat the team in to. Washington to prove it. I think they're going to. I think they are too. All right. We're in agreement. Yep. Let's see what the coin is. Ride them, Cowboys. Coin's going with the boys as well. Ooh, so the coin's a follower this week. I don't like it. Yeah, it seems like we're not uh, straying too far from each other this week, so – going to be hard to get some separation. Good thing I picked the Niners. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. Uh, what, what do you got for the next one? We have the Los Angeles Chargers at the Detroit Lions, with the Detroit Lions getting two and a half points. This was probably the most agonizing game to watch of the whole week. And I'm excluding the Dolphins games because I think any Dolphins fan was smart enough to know that about, I don't know, 24 points – 35 points. Maybe they should watch something else. Yeah, you'd think. But the Lions being up 24-6 to on the team last year that had the number one pick that drafted the world's shortest quarterback, it seems. Yeah. And Little came guy. out there, and they played the most conservative football I've ever seen a team play and choked away the lead and ending up tying a team that, honestly, should be lucky to get three or four wins this year. This was a team that if you believed a lot of people that bought into the hype that the Lions could possibly be a 9-7 and team. They could maybe get to the playoffs. What's stopping them? I just don't see it with them. I, as long as Patricia is their head coach, it is going to be a complete and utter waste of time. Um, even on that alone, it makes me want to say, go Chargers, go. Yeah, go Chargers, go. I don't see... Anyway, Detroit wins this game if they're going to do what they did last week because they gave up a victory last week. And also, too, it's not like the Chargers are the Cardinals. The Chargers proved last week that they are still a threat, even without Melvin Gordon, who also, I have to say, given the emergence of Austin Eckler, doesn't this kind of kill any and all leverage that he has here? They kind of prove that he's not as valuable as we once thought. I mean, they kind of have other options. Jackson even got in the in the mix and did all right in the mm-hmm. uh, few carries that he had. But it was really Eckler's show, and he kind of carried them. And he even saw that uh, when it got to crunch time, he was kind of bringing them to the promised land. I thought that was going to happen. Melvin Gordon thing, I kind of had a feeling that there's no leverage for him. Austin Eckler can get it done. And he does it often when he's given the opportunity to do so. He usually rises to the occasion. Yeah, he had some uh, spot starts last year, and he kind of came into play when they really needed him. Yep. But I guess uh, if I have one final thing that I need to say for Detroit, uh, it is 
I wonder what this team would have been like if they would have just let Stafford loose. I've ne- I've always wondered. Like they've had this guy that supposedly has the best arm in the league. They always surrounded him with a bunch of possession receivers besides, you know, Calvin Johnson, maybe. Of course. One of the generational great talents of all time. But besides that, he never really had a bunch of targets. And it's always been him kind of forcing them out there. And honestly, whenever they've been successful, it's always been due to Stafford kind of forcing plays in the second half when they were down. So it's interesting. We'll see them play as conservative as they did. I feel like that's a recipe for disaster for them. And that just reiterates my point. I'm taking the Chargers here. Yeah, I got to go with the Chargers as well. I just don't see the Lions getting it done. All right, let's see what the let Stafford has to say. throw the fucking ball. Yeah, right, let's now let's see what the coin. It's about says. goddamn time, really. Just throw the <laughs> damn ball, Stafford. Ignore those guys; they're idiots. Yeah, fuck them. Throw the goddamn ball. Yeah, throw the damn thing. All right, let's see what the fucking coin has to say. Looks like the coin is in agreement with us. It's going Chargers this week. Uh, so it looks like the coin uh, isn't as stupid as you may think it would be go ahead and check out the next <laughs> game what do we got here the minnesota vikings at the green bay packers and the packers are giving up two and a half points to the vikings yeah so this is a really interesting game with a tale of two one and oh teams with two different stories i mean you saw what the vikings did to the falcons last week they utterly decimated them i mean other than that late uh, couple fourth quarter drives that the falcons had to get that game kind of even respectable mm-hmm. The Vikings were in control of the whole game, but then you saw what the Packers did, and they kind of just barely survived in a game that set back football at least 20 years on Thursday Night Football. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, what do you make of both those teams last week? I think they kind of both kind of showed that they can pull it out when need be, but mm-hmm. they both kind of did it in way different fashions. I think the Vikings were much more impressive, and I think them getting Dalvin Cook back was a big thing too because he looked great. And they're, I mean, Adam Thielen... He's good. They got a really tight offense, and their defense showed up. They kind of made Matt Ryan look like vanilla ice cream out there. It was just kind of boring, and nothing was really happening. But with the Packers, I think they made less mistakes than the Bears, and that's the only reason they won that game. But sometimes that's really all it takes. I know. It's all it takes. So uh, the one thing I really wanted to add on the Vikings here is uh, Delvin Cook. You brought him up earlier. Mm -hmm. I think he's a really interesting guy when you consider how this offense goes forward this season i think as long as he stays healthy the vikings can roll consistently and they can win games like they did last week that they can go through and they can pound the ball they can kind of grind the clock down and kind of wear them down physically and i think that could be something that could be a strength for them going forward in the season but i think keeping him healthy is going to be the main thing that uh, will keep that kind of game plan working for them now, with the Packers, I think you hit the nail on the head here. I think they are a team that they uh, they didn't look like they were in sync a little bit. Nope. They were kind of working through some things, and you could definitely tell that they're getting used to the new offense set in by sure. Matt LaFleur. And uh, they're kind of getting everything in motion. Now, at the same time, they did what it took to win. And I think that's something that they're going to do again this week. I'm going with the Packers here. Well, i got to disagree with you. I think it's going to be the Vikings this week. I think they're going to school all over those cheeseheads. Yeah, I mean, why? What makes you think that? I just think they looked a lot more dynamic than the Packers did. The Packers looked kind of like a wet paper bag out there. The only reason they won was because Trubisky was out there throwing like a wild man, making all kinds of dipshit decisions. So you're ma- you're making 
you think Kirk Cousins is going to be any better? I don't think no. there's that much of a difference. I think you're talking about the best quarterback in the league <laughs> versus a middling quarterback for the Vikings. I mean, I think the Vikings' defense is definitely going to show up, but the Packers' defense is no slouch either. I think this is going to be an exciting game. I think the Packers are going to roll them. That is true. I mean, that might be some of the troubles Mitch Trubisky was having was maybe the Packers' defense was better than I thought they were or a lot of other people thought they were. Traditionally, they're, traditionally no pun intended, they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack defense. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. It remains to be seen. And this will be a good test for both teams, I think. It's a good kind of where they're going to set the bar for these teams going forward. Okay. Well, uh, I'm glad that we got a little difference of opinion here. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and see what the coin has to say about this one. School! Oh, this stupid-ass coin. Looks like it agrees with you. Oh. Looks like it's going Vikings here. Oh. Yeah, I, I just don't see it, man. I just don't. Um, but I guess we'll see. That that should be an interesting one early on in Green Bay. Up next, what do we got? We have the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans, with the Titans giving up three and a half points to the Colts. Of these two teams, uh, which do you think had a more surprising opening week one? Th- Would you say the Colts coming out there with no Andrew Luck taking the San Diego Chargers? Would you say the Colts with no Andrew Luck taking the Los Angeles Chargers to the distance in the fourth quarter and basically being a real threat to them all the way? Or how about the dominating fashion that the Titans came out and absolutely decimated the Browns? I think by default I got to say the Colts without Andrew Luck because it's just one of those things where on such short notice you kind of expect it to not go as successful as it did. But – it's hard not to say the Titans either. I think the only reason I wouldn't say the Titans as being more impressive was just because I think the Browns shot themselves in the foot and I think their heads got a little heavy and they started to hear all these things and all these people like us telling everyone that it's America's team. <laughs> and oh, we'll, it kinda, we'll get to that. They kind of blew up a little bit. And I think so the Titans the Titans are one of those teams too where I never know how to feel about the Titans, even when they're doing really well. Because like they could come out next week and just utterly shit the bed. Derrick Henry could go back to 14 carries for 38 yards. Marcus Mariota could turn the ball over. He could tear his ACL. It just seems like all these likely scenarios that happen all the time, I'm just kind of waiting for it to happen. Yeah, and, and I understand that that viewpoint, but I guess I feel completely different about this one as well. I, I saw the pass rush that the Titans got on Baker Mayfield all game last week, and he had absolutely zero time to throw. And I think that was the biggest reason why that game was as lopsided as it was. I think... The Titans' offense was masterful. I think they did a great job of distributing uh, the targets between Delaney Walker and Henry, and they were able to always just keep the ball moving, and it seemed like they were all – like every time I checked that game, it seemed like the Titans had the ball and they were driving. And I think if they're able to keep up that kind of momentum throughout the season and and keep an offense that can kind of grind the ball and and bring everything to a standstill Mm -hmm. like they did – I think they're going to be really tough to beat. I'm going with the Titans here. Yeah, and I mean, the thing with Tennessee, too, is I think their their worst enemy is always going to be themselves and being consistent and being able to keep that up. And the Colts are going to have that problem, but they're going to have a lot of other problems. But I think this game this week is going to be a lot closer than I would have thought, given the circumstances, and I'm actually going with the Colts. I'm going with the road team this time. Okay. Uh, we will have to confer with our buddy, the coin, and – and round out the picks for this matchup. 
Looks like the coin's going to the Colts here. So Interesting. We got two for the Colts and one for the Titans. Ooh. Should be it should be a pretty interesting one there. Should see some swing on that. Uh let's go ahead. Uh what's the next matchup here? All right. Now here's where it starts to get a little out of control. Because we have the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are getting 18 and a half points. What the hell? That's like a college football line. <laughs> it's crazy. Guess part of me gets it because they just got obliterated last week. They got turned into a garbage dump by the Ravens. And if anyone's going to be able to repeat what the Ravens did, it's probably going to be New England. But I kind of understand where they're coming from with that giving that many points up and giving them to the Dolphins because the Patriots, if any team is going to be able to do what the Ravens did last week and re- recreate that this week, it'd be the New England Patriots. But that's a lot of fucking points. Yeah, I, I went through and uh, just seeing that line immediately, I had to go through and I had to check the college ranks to see if anything matched up to this one. The closest thing that I saw that stood out is you have the University of Pittsburgh going to the Penn State Nittany Lions. And the Lions are giving them 18 points. You know who one of the quarterbacks for the University of Pittsburgh is? Ooh, who's that? Jeff George Jr. Fuck yeah. That sounds like a guy the Raiders would draft number one, even if he never plays. Oh, please. It seems like he would be a Gruden Do grinder. it. Do it. Gruden, if you're out there and listening, and I know you are, pick up Jeff George Jr. Oh, that that would be a great legacy, you know, just like father, like son. But anyways, yeah, Pitt's got no chance against the Nittany Lions. So that just makes me think here, the Dolphins have no chance against the Pats. To borrow another college phrase, not so fast, my friend. I think the (laughs) Dolphins are going to end up in a game where the Pats play dead with them the whole game. They just bat them around like a wounded animal, mm. like a like a house cat would do. Yeah. And they're going to just do that for, I don't know, about 55 minutes. I think this is going to be one of those games that a bunch of compulsive gamblers and people like us are going to be watching in the last couple of minutes because it's going to be hovering around 14 to 20 points. And it's going to go one way or the other, but I think the Dolphins cover it. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I, I know it's crazy talk, but I got to go with Miami. That's just too many points. I think like what you said is what I think exactly is what's going to happen. They're going to play with them. And it's not going to matter because they're going to win the game. This is a vacation day for them. I think a- Antonio Brown's going to do his best decoying you'll see all season in his uh, Pat's debut. He's just going to run around there and just run straight lines and not really do anything, but he's going to draw so much attention, and you're going to see Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon feast all right, well, we're both kind of going with the ridiculous points here. <laughs> Let's see what the coin has to say on this one. Coin time. The coin's going the pats here. I guess it really uh, really isn't playing any games, just like Antonio Brown's. It's probably the smart pick, but whatever. Too many damn points. Okay, yeah. on to the next one, on to the next one. We have the Arizona Cardinals at the Baltimore Ravens with the Ravens giving up 13 and a half points. Oh, man. It, we're just doing college lines now? Yep. I mean, that's that's a lot of I mean, they're basically points. college players, a lot of these guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, glorified college Well, players. Kyler Murray's still in middle school, so <laughs> I don't know how he got into the league. But, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, we have probably the most impressive team from last week and the most surprising team from last week. Mm-hmm. What we saw from the Ravens was 
a master class in execution. They came out there and they absolutely obliterated uh, Dolphins team that I hope to never have to watch again for the rest of the season. Yeah, they were like the Bret Hart of football. Yeah. They, the excellence of execution. <laughs> yeah, they definitely look like the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever the will be last week. Yeah, it was a ridiculous showing. Uh, Lamar Jackson definitely proved a lot of people wrong. Yeah. This is one of those things that I've been championing him ever since he went pro. And it's kind of been frustrating to watch his career I mean, progress. He, he balled out in college. Yeah, I think like everybody, crazy. everybody knew he was a spectacular player. He's another guy that kind of reminds me of Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. but he didn't get like the hype. And I understand. So I mean, Watson won a national championship. Jackson, I think he might have won a Heisman, but he different didn't. different schools. Yeah, there there wasn't like the the success that came with his it. school didn't fit the narrative. Yeah, basically, but it's just one of those things where Jackson always got pigeonholed his whole career. At the combine, they were trying to get him to work out as a wide receiver, which was ridiculous. He could throw. Yeah, insulting looking at what he's done now. And last year, when they benched Flacco and they went on that six and one run to get into the oh playoffs, yeah when the Ravens were, they were dead yeah when they were exciting for the first time and like I don't know since they won the Super Bowl since the lights went out at the Super Bowl yeah <laughs> yeah so you have all that happening and in the midst of that he did manage to kind of make a lot happen with his legs. Mm-hmm. And he kind of got unfairly labeled as a running back. He's definitely not a running back. Just as he joked in the press conference, he came out there, threw over 300 yards, five touchdowns, and had the Dolphins reeling before halftime. Oh, yeah. Like, that was a... <sighs> he got benched so yeah. the RG3 could come RG3 out RG3 came in. It was that bad of a beating. Yeah, so that just shows like just how great of a game he was playing out there. And it, we also got to see the debut of the feature film of Hollywood Brown out there. Yeah. He came out he there. He was exciting, man. He was definitely like nine stars in IMDb. Yep. Five for five, two touchdowns. Yeah. He, he had a ridiculous showing out there. And honestly, I think he's a guy that could keep that up the rest of the season. I think he's a... A guy to watch. He's got uh, there was a big chemistry. play potential. There was a chemistry there, and they made the most out of the so what limited snaps he got because I think it was less than 20 snaps he got the whole game, and they tore it up. So I got to imagine they've known about this for a while, and they were striking with excellent execution. So that, that brings me to the other side of this. We kind of talked about how the Lions gave away that game in mm-hmm. the game that even though they tied, I'm still sticking with the cards won. Um Kyler Murray. Yeah. He was absolutely dreadful for about the first three quarters of that game. He had about 70 yards. Yep. And he was he definitely was not looking like no. the number one overall pick. Nope. He was looking like a guy that did not belong. But all of a sudden, when the prevent defense came out there, he came to play and he led the charge and he forced the cards into a game that they had no business being in. Yeah, very true. So I guess you got to give him some credit, but at the same time, I think they are completely overmatched in this one. I see no way that they come close to the Ravens. They're going to keep the the roll going. I'm going with the Ravens, even with giving away all those points. Yep, same here. I got to go with the with the crazy points pick, man. I got to go with Baltimore. All right, let's go ahead and uh, confer with the coin. Looks like the coin's going Ravens here as well. So. We got another unanimous pick. Uh, the coin knows. All right. Okay. So let's go to the next one. 
We have Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are giving up three and a half points to the Seahawks. Uh, this is one of those games that always kind of annoys me of how the NFL media works. Is there's a bunch of people saying that they can't wait to watch this game. This game's going to be dreadful. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as good as it would have been maybe five or six years ago. I just don't, I don't see it. The Seahawks are going to be this team this year where they're kind of going to kind of just squeak by everything. Like, I don't think they're going to ever have a dominant performance. I think they're going to be one of those nice teams. I mean, they'll be good enough to go, like, maybe 9-7, 10-6, you know, get a first-round win in the playoffs, but then get punked out by whoever the inevitable powerhouse in the NFC is going to be. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't see them as that dominant team. And even worse, I don't see the Steelers as a playoff team. That was an absolute travesty against the Patriots. I know that was the team that won the Super Bowl last year, but seriously, you're supposed to be this this squad that's going to come out and and recover, and you guys don't need Le'Veon. You don't need Antonio yeah. Brown. You need something. They had nothing. Yeah. Juju can't do it by himself. Nope. And they couldn't get anything going with Connors, even though he had a fantastic preseason. There was nothing going on with the running game there. They looked pretty anemic. The only thing that looked like it was getting bigger and better was Ben Roethlisberger's head. That thing's getting huge. Yeah, fat head, man. It's humongous. How does he walk through doors? Do they have to get like special doors for him? I think they widen them just for him. Oh, maybe he like drives. He's got like a little roof cut off in the top where his head goes and just pops out of the top. And then he he, he looks like one of those Pep Boys guys. You ever yeah, see that side? <laughs> they have the big ass head and the little bodies. Buy your tires. Yeah, he looks like one of those guys now. But yeah, I mean. This is gonna be one of those games. It's probably gonna be like twenty-one to seventeen. I I think you're really looking at. I think the Seahawks are gonna take this one. I I think Russell Wilson's gonna find a way. They got more weapons. I think they're a more interesting team. And Clowney is wreaking havoc. And I think that's gonna be the difference in this one. I thought about that pretty hard when I was making this choice because I totally forgot that he ended up there until I watched him on the field this last week. And I was like, holy crap, I forgot Jalavian Clowney is on the Seahawks now and he's actually playing pretty good. But it's for me, it's like, which bullshit artist am I going to go with here? Because I see both teams as kind of being a bullshit artist this season. And so just to be a little different, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers bullshit. Got to go with them. I don't know why. They proved nothing last week. But I think that some thing is just going to happen where they're going to win this game. I don't think anyone's going to have any kind of groundbreaking performances. I just think that they're going to squeak by. Yeah, well, we shall see. On to the coins pick. Looks like the coins going with the Steelers here. So we got two for the Steelers and one for the Seahawks. Another kind of swing game here. Uh, Should be interesting to see what happens there. I personally think the Steelers are frauds, but we shall see. What is the next game, Tub? And next we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans with the Houston Texans giving up nine and a half points. Speaking of giving up in the Houston Texans, how did they blow that game? I don't know. They took one of the more spectacular finishes I've seen in a while. I mean, Watson definitely showing off that clutch factor that we've all known that he's had uh, with that deep strike to kind of take the lead and really looked like they were going to put that game away. But what the hell are you thinking with a couple seconds left in the game and you got one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the history of the game? The Saints need 10 yards to get them in the field goal range. And you play prevent defense and you leave space out there for Drew Brees. 
He's going to torch you every single time. Yep. You're shooting yourself in the foot. I don't get it. I mean, sometimes it's just it's maddening to watch how these teams react to these situations. And you can see. You know what's going to happen. And I was not at all surprised when they inevitably set up that kick. And I knew it was going to go through after that. Just, just unfortunately how the football gods work sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah, your various football gods, you never know what they're going to be up to, man. Yeah, you give them an opening and uh, they'll take advantage. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of Houston Texans team we see. But it's also going to be interesting to see what kind of Jaguars team we see. Uh, as many of you have noticed, they lost quarterback Nick Foles to an injury in last week's game. So they're down to their backup quarterback. What's his name? Gardner Bluechew? His name is Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I was just thinking about that Bluechew money. I was thinking that might be an option for us. No, close. Oh, okay. So, no. so Gardner Minshew. Gardner fucking Minshew is his real name. Okay. Well, I, I know we joke about his name, but can we joke about his game? How did he do in relief of Nick Foles? He torched him. He was great. I mean, they lost ultimately, but he played amazing, especially considering he's backing up big money contract Nick Foles and his six-round pick out of the draft last year. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, I believe he was 22 or 25. Completed 88% of his passes. Yeah, that's ridiculous for a six-rounder rookie with a name like Gardner Minshew who totally sounds like a guy that I just made up five seconds ago. Yeah, he sounds like one of the guys in your Madden franchise leagues when you're doing the draft classes and you're scouting everybody and they have these ridiculous fake names. I swear that's where I've seen Gardner Minshew before, but I could be wrong. So I think the big thing to pay attention to in this matchup is going to be actually the line. Nine and a half points seems like a lot when you consider a lot of things in this matchup. Honestly, I think you could argue for more or less here. Yeah. It depends on how big of a believer you are in Gardner Minshew. I think the Texans still may be psyched out coming off a loss like they did in the fashion that it happened. I mean, you got to think of it. It's got to be kind of defeating to play it out there and, and get – that close, but yet come so far away from victory there. Mm -hmm. So I think they may be thrown off by that. But at the same time, I mean, the Jags got throttled by the Chiefs. They lost their starting quarterback. They're down to Gardner Minshew. It really is like what all or nothing at this point. Are they are they in or out? And I think I think the Texans are going to take them. I got to go with the Texans too. I think if anything, what happened in the Jacksonville game, and I could be completely wrong, I think it was lightning in a bottle, and I don't see it happening again this week against the Houston Texans. All right. Well, let's see what the coin has to say here. Looks like the coin's going with the Jags here. Ooh, going with Jacksonville, huh? Yeah, I, I'm not really buying that one, but I, I guess we'll have to see. Hey, maybe it knows something about Gardner Minshew that we don't. The next game, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Oakland Raiders, with the Oakland Raiders getting nine and a half points. Isn't it crazy that after everything that we've talked about that happened with the Raiders last week, they still came out and got the W? It's wild. It's it, You can't explain it. It doesn't make any sense, but it just exists. Maybe Coach Gruden really is on something. Maybe. I, I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to ask him next time we see him. Um. There were some a lot of bright sides for them though. I mean, Jacobs oh, yeah. 
looked pretty legit running the ball for them. Yeah, they uh, got Josh a lot Jacobs. done. Mm-hmm. Rookie. Yeah. yeah. He he had a pretty solid game for them on a Monday night, and he's looking like the feature back that they are looking for in the draft. So he's got a pretty promising future. I'm l- really excited to see where he goes this year. Um, but, of course, we all know the Chiefs. They came out and they took care of business, and they made me look foolish in my upset pick last week. They absolutely throttled the Jags. They came out there and made it look easy. They did it at a little bit of a cost, though. Yeah, I would say. They lost uh, Tyreek Hill. That's going to be kind of a big one for them going forward. At I least mean, a couple weeks. He's always been like their absolute big play guy. Yep. Um, <laughs> they did find someone to fill in for him. Well, we had a throwback <laughs> performance from Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins went out and delivered, man. He was insane. Well, isn't he now the leading receiver in the NFL right now? Yep, for the week. I think it was something, don't fully quote me, but it was something along the lines of 198 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, that's absolutely absurd. He's probably never going to do that again. No. Uh, so if you're picking up, if you're betting everything in fantasy on him this week, I would probably say uh, beware. I, I just don't see that. But, yeah, I, I think this is another one of those games that uh, the line's a little deceiving. I think the Raiders could make it close, but I'm not foolish enough to pick them. I'm going with Kansas City here. I can't take the Raiders this week either. i got to go with Kansas City. I think Pat Mahomes is just too good, and he's going to find a way. All right, let's see what the coin has to stay here. It looks like the coin's going with Coach Gruden here, so... We got two for the Chiefs and two for the Raiders. It's gonna be interesting how that see how that one shakes out. I, I really don't see how the Raiders pull this one off, but I also said that last week, so who knows? I mean, they may prove me wrong. They could be two and zero. Who knows? Oh man, wouldn't that be something? Okay, so the next game we have here. Am I seeing this right? Is this Bears-Broncos? Yep, it's the Chicago Bears at the Denver Broncos, with the Denver Broncos getting one and a half points. Oh, man. Uh, is it too early to say that Trubisky's a bust? I mean, I think we, we talked about this earlier. There's there's so many other options they could have went with, and that's what they settled with. And I thought that after last year that he was going to make a big leap this year. I thought they had something going. They were getting him some weapons, and they were kind of putting something together in Chicago. But I'm just not understanding what they're doing. I I think most people would agree with me here, but it seems like there's only one real true playmaker for the Bears, and that's Tariq Cohen. Mm-hmm. Why are they dialing back his workload so much? I, I understand like trying to keep him pr- fresh for you know the whole season, maybe a playoff run, but they're not going to get to the playoffs if he doesn't get the ball. Well, and you're, if your quarterback's struggling at the rate Mitch Trubisky's been struggling, and you kind of need that Terry Cohen to be out there to catch those shallow routes because, I mean, if he's having trouble moving the ball and he needs to get that ball out of his hands, who else should you be looking for? I mean, they kind of did that. I mean, the only targets he got in the game was passing. Yeah. But why not give him a carrier too? I don't... He should. He's an electric runner. I, mean, I, don't, I don't really understand not. kind of the usage of him there, and... I think that's something they're going to struggle to have to find out for the rest of the season. I, yeah, I think that's going to be a thing. And the Broncos, how do you lose the Raiders? They're boring. I, I don't understand what they're doing. I think uh, I think John always got this weird obsession with really old, tall, white quarterbacks that used to be good, <laughs> and it's just not working out. Mm-mm. Nope. I, just, there's nothing there that's exciting. Sure, there's some of those guys in the defense that are still really good playmakers, and they can get it done. 
But that offense is just so boring. Like, I, there's nothing else I can say about it. They put me to sleep. The most exciting guy I would say they have on their team is Cortland Sutton. Yeah. And that's saying something because I really had to think about that one. Where's Rod Smith? They could use Where's him. Shannon Sharp? Where's Ed McCaffrey? Yeah. I mean, there's Christian McCaffrey, but yeah. Like, they need some. They need something. I just think they're so far removed from those exciting teams that were a contender from the early 2000s and early from this decade. I think they're just on a downswing, and we're going to get to see Von Miller waste his time for a few years down there. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm thinking the Bears bounce back this one. What do you I, think? I think the Bears defense is going to carry him this week, and I got to go with the Bears. I got to go with the Bears. Looks like the coin's going with the Broncos here. Interesting. Yeah, we, that should be a weird one. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I can't bet on them at this point, but we'll see what happens here. Yeah, it's going to be a big week for both teams, I think. Okay, I, I think this is going to be the game of the week here. I think this is a pretty obvious one, right? Oh, totally. I have to agree. This is the one game I'm not going to miss for sure. I, I'm planning my whole weekend around this. Going to get some beers. Going to get some food. I'm going to definitely get down on this. We got a rematch of probably the most controversial game in at least the last couple of years. You could say that. The New Orleans Saints and Los Angeles Rams. This time we're playing in L.A. Uh, we're not going back to the scene of the crime in the Super Bowl from nope. last year, <laughs> but we have to talk about it again. It is the worst pass interference call that anyone's ever seen. Uh, that led to the Saints season being cut short. And you saw the ridiculous fans at, at the Monday night oh, game. Oh, the, the ref jerseys? Ref jerseys. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, come on. Come on, grow up. You've already wasted your money on the tickets, and now you're going to waste your money on a ref jersey? Like, what's wrong with you? Grow up. Come on. Why are you being a baby? <laughs> well, not only that. It's just that. football. Why? I mean, I love football, but come on. <laughs> I agree. But then in this one, too, the Rams are actually giving two and a half points to the Saints. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. where That's how I'm going to base my pick. I, it's really hard to tell which team is going to come out on top when you have these two offenses, especially with the storyline that you just presented from last season. But I think any time you give the Saints points, I got to go with the Saints. Okay. I, I, I just think, that, think I think that's an interesting perspective. I think Michael Thomas, Kamara, Drew Brees, if they can get it done, they're going to do it this week. And then the way they handled Houston, I mean, it was a close one, but they were still putting up points. They were still getting it done. They kind of held Houston in check a little bit, a little bit at points. So I think they can do that again this week against the Rams. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go against you here. I think the Rams are going to go out there and take care of business. I think they have the Saints number. I think they are going to go ahead and unleash Todd Gurley a little bit this week. I think they were kind of giving him a little lighter workload in week one against the Panthers, knowing that this game was going up mm -hmm. and that he was going to need to be a factor this week. So I'm really thinking that um, they're going to go ahead and they're going to pound the rock. Goff's going to be consistent and not turn the ball over, and they are going to go ahead and take care of business and get that W, and they're going to cover that spread. So I got the Saints, and you have the Rams. What does the coin have? Looks like the coin's going with the Rams here. All right. I mean, it could go either way, so I can't really say I blame the coin. 
but I still got to go with my Saints. Yeah, I, I I don't know about that one. That's gonna be that's gonna be the battle of the week. I think most I people are kind of split on that one. It's gonna be a fun game to watch too. I think I think we're all winners there. Definitely. So let's get into the primetime games here. Prime time. Oh God, what are we waiting for all day on Sunday night for? I don't know. What are you waiting all day Sunday night for? <laughs> um. I guess Falcons and Eagles. It I doesn't guess, seem man. that exciting, but no. yeah. So Sunday Night Football is the Eagles and the Falcons. The Falcons are getting one and a half points, even though they are at home. So that's a little yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's a little interesting. It's weird. Of course, the big news for the Falcons last week was they but they get that extension done for a star receiver, Julio Jones. Now, I can't say he doesn't deserve the money. But if I have to go into that place that I hate to go into, which is management mode, I think giving a big contract to a receiver over the age of 30 isn't necessarily a wise idea. No. I mean, I guess I understand the loyalty aspect because of what he's done for that franchise. Oh, he's a Hall of Fame player at this point. He definitely earned it. But, yeah. It's hard to make that call because, like you said, sure, he probably does deserve it, but he's getting up there, man. And how how bad is his some of the injuries he's had I really feel like those are going to be injuries that will linger throughout the rest of his career and really slow him down as he I gets I think older. he's going to have foot issues probably for the rest of his life. Without question. So, yeah, that that's something to really think about, and I think that could burn them later on. But, I mean, back to the present, though, they looked really poor against the Vikings. They kind of were exposed for the fact that they're not that imaginative of offense. I no. Mean, this is kind of really one of those games where they're going to have to kind of spice it up and do something different to beat somebody like the Eagles. The Eagles definitely were tested a little bit by the Redskins, but at the same time, it seemed like they were only playing with like 75% of their power there. They let it fly. I mean, Carson Wentz came in, kicked ass. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, that was kind of a throwback, like what the wasn't hell? it? Seeing him back in Philly and just absolutely torching the Redskins, it was like, what the heck? I thought it was 2009 all yeah. over again. He was catching those bombs. It was in a time warp. Yeah, that was that was a sight to see. But, I mean, they were solid all around. I think they did pretty well. I mean, who's to say about the defense? Who's to say how good Washington's offense was? That's The jury's still out on that a little bit, but as far as their offense goes, I think they look pretty crisp. I think that's where you get to that week one deception. Yep. Where you not, you don't know what's real or not. Nope. There's, Especially there's with such teams. a small sample size. I yep. mean, we went from last week having nothing to judge anything by, and now we have one game. And I think there may be a little bit of overreactions here, especially when you kind of think about the Falcons maybe. Maybe we are kind of wrong there. Yep. But also at the same time, what if – the window really is closed for them. Like, what if, like, there is no more room for them to go through and win the South and be a contender? I think this game is going to answer a little bit of questions here. It's going to let us know who these teams are, but I'm going to have to go with the Eagles here. I think they're going to get it done, and I think they're going to continue to uh, work with what they did last week. I got to go with the Eagles, too. Fly, Eagles, fly. All right. We're in agreement here. So let's go to our buddy, the coin, and see what they got to say here. Looks like the coin is going to go with the Eagles here. The clean sweep. And last and probably the least, we have the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football against the New York Jets, with the Jets getting two and a half points. Can we still call them America's team? Of course. Yeah, that was was (laughs) tough. I think we were all a little hurt. None of us wanted to see what happened. 
I think it's been kind of the story of the league this year that everyone kind of feels bad for what the Browns of the franchise have been through. I mean, to sit there and exist for so long, never go to the Super Bowl, deal with the drive, deal with the fumble, deal with the team moving to Baltimore and then immediately winning the Super Bowl in Baltimore, Ugh. and then coming back the year after they won the Super Bowl, and then one playoff appearance since then. And getting your ass kicked by that Baltimore team year in and year out. Yeah. It's got to be brutal. And this is just another one of those reminders that the Browns are always going to brown. Brown out. And it was sad because you definitely could feel how brutal that was to watch. Such a savage beating from, honestly, as much as I like the Titans this year, they are still like a middle-of-the-road team. For sure. Like, that was not a juggernaut. They didn't get beat up 43-13 to 13 by the Patriots. No. Or the Chiefs or the Rams or the Saints. They got beat up by an also-ran 9-7 and seven ish football team and expectations were higher than they probably ever been for the probably Browns. higher than they should have been though too i agree i think that offensive line showed to be one of the worst in the nfl and it's gonna be a really interesting thing for them is if they are not able to protect baker they're gonna be in trouble all year mm-hmm. i totally agree that was rough and i think the thing is too is like at least for me I never really noticed how shallow they were at O-line because the focus was never on the O-line. All you're hearing is about Baker Mayfield, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. I mean, this is We're talking about what should be a highly prolific offense, but then there's that one key that nobody really talks about. They're blown out and depleted O-line. Which is really funny, too, because one of the big parts of the deal to get Odell Beckham was one of their best linemen from last year. So... It's really interesting to see how this has all worked out. I'm still a believer. I'm I'm still on the Browns bandwagon. I mean, luckily they do get to play the Jets this week, so this is kind of a bounce back. Uh, the Jets looked sluggish. Yeah, th- honestly, they had the game in hand against the Bills, and they let it go. I think they are another also-ran football team that is just has 5-11, 6-10 written all over them. I just am not buying in. I think this is the get-right game for the Browns. I think they're going to be able to get it done. I agree. I think the Browns are going to win this one. I just don't see the Jets doing it. I think the Browns need to win this one, and that's why they're going to pick up the win this week. All right. Let's see what the Corgan has to say for the last pick for week two. Looks like the Corgan believes in the Browns' comeback this week. So it looks like we got a clean sweep on the Browns, and – that about does it for this week's episode of Even the Odds. Once again, thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in next Wednesday as we will have week three's version of our picks. And also, you know, we're going to be coming at you with our hot takes. And we'll just leave you here with uh, this week's great moments in football history. Thanks for listening, guys. Be well. Shout after loss. Happy after win. How do you feel after well, I've never been a part of a tie. I uh, never even knew that that was in the rule book. Um, but again, you know, it's part of the rules and we have to go with it. So, um, you know, I was looking forward to the next opportunity getting out there and, and trying to drive to, to, to win the game. But uh, unfortunately, uh, with the rules, you know, we settled with a tie. Well, when the play was called, uh, you know, I kind of figured that I guess there's, there's ties in, in the NFL. So, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah.